And because he's been a professional skateboarder and like physical and done some MMA and shit like that, like yeah. I figured you work out and fucking had no clue what he was doing in there. Like got under the bench and I'm like, nope, we're going to stop. <laughs> yeah, that's true. They're just wobbly. And yeah, you know, it's interesting. Um, a lot of athletes would be surprised. Won't, won't take the time to do strength training. <sighs> it's such an interesting thing, right? Like, and I, I see it with, you know, in mixed martial arts or anything where there's this fear of, Strength training will turn me more into Mr. Olympia. Yeah. Like, that's where it goes. Yeah. And so that would be bad for mixed martial arts. Like, you don't have to do hypertrophy work to build strength and power. Right. Like, those can be built at the weight class you're at, and you can't fucking tell me how those would be a negative. Yeah. I wonder if that person who has that perspective, are they just getting into the sport Later in life, and not as a, a lifelong athlete, or because mm. I, I don't know. I would imagine a lot of athletes, if you've been doing it for a while, you've been preached the importance of strength training. Yeah, I would. I would think. Yeah. I, I would think, and even I was very surprised that that he didn't with the skateboarding thing. But then I realized, like, where would he have learned it? Right. Like he didn't do team sports growing up, so there wasn't any strength and conditioning programming there. Right, with skateboarding, yeah, that right. makes sense. And then anything else he's done, going to a jiu-jitsu gym or any of this type of stuff, it's not like there's an attached training center the way it would be like doing high school or collegiate sports. Yeah, yeah. I think with MMA in particular, a lot of people – well, for two, thing, two things happen. One, either you get so focused on one particular area that you just neglected another, which is pretty common because there's so many different disciplines to train, whether you're doing stand-up or you're doing jiu-jitsu or wrestling or um, you're working on your conditioning or whatever the case may be because sometimes people will split that. Maybe they'll go for runs, right, but they won't see the benefit in doing the lifting piece. Mm-hmm. So I can see how – Something gets neglected when you're training for so much with MMA. Well, I could see how you could convince yourself that it wouldn't help the sport. Yeah, it'd be a wrong. Well, like ah, you know, it's 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 different strength or something, right? Where yeah, it's, none of that's true. Um, mm-hmm. The type of training, right? And the other thing I I think I see most of the time watching uh, MMA guys train strength stuff is they try to fucking mimic a fight, so they'll do like. Weird stuff for high reps for, like, building uh, lactic acid threshold. And, like, what the fuck are you doing? Do that while you're sparring, man. Like, do Mm -hmm. that while you're on the mat. Like, that's where you get that thing. Yeah. In the gym, like, those guys ought to be sticking with, like, simple Olympic lift movements or or jumps with, like, a trap bar, something like that. Something explosive and dynamic for sets of three and five that we're building fucking gnarly muscle tissue, not bigger. Right. Like, I want you to be able to hit the fucking gas pedal and go zero to 100. You know, I want you strong and fucking dynamic and explosive. And that's not something we're doing for 12 reps. Yeah, you need the five. Yeah, three, five, twos. Yeah, explosion. Right? And so seeing them try to make the strength training part beneficial for, like, the conditioning aspect of fighting, such a fucking waste. Mm -hmm. Like, you're, you're doing... The conditioning part. Take this time to actually just do some strength shit. Yeah, yeah. Strength is is important, dude. It's really the foundation to to do a whole, really in my mind to do the things that you want to do in life. You have to be strong. Um, 
I think you and I maybe differ a little bit on our on our view of maybe because I always say I'm gonna live to to 106. I ain't gonna make it. You're just like you're <laughs> like fuck, dude. I'm just running all the way. It doesn't matter until the end. Whenever that, that end comes, great. I'm I'm into that idea. Yeah. Like it, like if you told me that like hey man I think you're gonna make 150 I'd be like that's fucking awesome. Right. I'm not in any rush to the fucking end of this thing, but I'm aware the end is approaching. You're right. No, for real, dude. There's no guarantees. Fuck no, dude. I'm 40 in April, and I don't feel any more adult than when I was fucking 12. There's a th- dude. There's a point. I've 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 come to this conclusion, especially as I'm watching my kids grow up. My son's 14, and it, I had him when I was 20, so just a baby myself. Yeah, yeah. And um, as I'm seeing him come into this world and develop his own sense of identity. There's a part of me that wants to be like, dude, I am a person just like you. I went through these same struggles. These <laughs> they can't see it. They cannot. I'm and dad. Like, it's different. You know, and, and I was, I've been thinking about that, right? And it's because you've always been an adult to them. Right. It's so hard to ever see the transition. Also, what stories are they telling themselves or are they filling in about the blanks, right? They didn't see well, me sneak out of my house when of I was course, a kid. Of course, right? But like, let's, even, let's even consider... Looking at that through the lens of our relationship, right? So we've known each other a couple years, hung out. Basically, the whole time we've known each other, I've looked like this. I've had some different facial hair, but this is what I look like. Right. The me that competed and traveled around the world and did that sport, who's 60 pounds heavier than I currently am, who was married living in Louisiana, like, that that ended in like May of 19. So it wasn't like that was a long time. It hasn't, it's not like I've been on this thing for 10 years before we met. Right. You caught a very, right. And so think about how much of my life that you think has been like, oh, well, he and Bonnie have been together. We haven't been together much longer than you and I've met. Oh, wow. Yeah, your current state that I know you in is pretty new for your life. Right. And so think about, like, I think about that sometimes, and I'm like, holy fuck, like, of course they had these whole lives and things before I ever existed, or what your high school life was. Right. Um, and so, because I can't even picture it with you, like, of course the kid can't picture you being a young man. Right. You making mistakes. Not only that, he's looked at you for answers, so God, there has to be something fucking different. Mm-hmm. And there is a man. It's just getting your ass kicked for longer. <laughs> That's it, dude. That's it. Yeah, I realize that as as when you're trying to figure out your place in the world and where you fit in, um, I I think of it as a parent. I look at him like, dude, there was this time where he was my little buddy. He was a cool little kid. Everything that I said, he probably just kind of just took it for for truth, and he's and he was really leaning into me. But then there's this there's this moment. And I, and I think my original point was where you're like, you feel like you're the same person when you're like 12 or 13. My best friend and I growing up, um, he was very close to his grandfather. And his grandfather mm. was like in his 80s or something. He's still alive. But his grandfather would say that he still feels like he's the same 16-year-old kid. So having that perspective from a man who's very old and um, at towards the end and then taking my own experience and then watching my son. Is, I think that there's a, there's a moment in time where you start to become very self-aware and you start to think. Think I think you can. You can't, right? <laughs> Not everyone is. I'm speaking broadly, right? Sure, but sure. At least for me, I, f- I still feel like I'm the same person I was whenever I was like 12 or 13. 
even though I know I don't look the same, act the same, think the same, but there's still like the same thing. But the essence of me, of who yeah, yeah. who I am, I, I I had this understanding of that at a very early age. Early age, and then you just start going through life, and whether or not you grow or not, I mean that's on you and your own choices. But it's just weird thing. It's like man, your brain gets to a certain point, you have this understanding of who you are and where you are in the world to a degree, and then you just hold on to that, and it's like just this understanding i don't know i don't know if i'm articulating that well but it's a weird concept i think about the kind of knowing the who the who you are right right, at your core and look for me for me it's changed for me it's changed um the experience of being hurt and everything like that really altered a lot of those thoughts of i have on identity and who i am and the big difference between who i am and what i do right um but i think as well like one of those things you're saying about like kind of once you get there and I think people do that a lot but I the real the realm you're talking about it in is like knowing thyself and I think people kind of end up doing that but they think that everything kind of lends to that self like the things and so you become that job you become that guy that does this on the weekends you become you become some amalgamation of those things now that you do that you don't really remember choosing to do mm. and i think people crystallize like people don't fucking change their haircuts after they're 25 people don't pick a lot of new things right and so i think i think that ability to kind of have an essence right of like where the compass wants to point of who you are and some things like that but also just allowing everything else to kind of come and go is really valuable to be able to let stuff roll through chapters and not expect anymore right like yeah i'm at this age i love what i'm doing i've had had a full fucking career for 10 years and outside sales selling stuff right like that's a whole fucking life Mm mm-hmm and then I'm in this one. And this one's going to change. Like, St. Louis isn't the last city I'm going to live in. You know? And even weird stuff like recognizing it, how special this time I have in the present is with, with Brant. Because Brant's 25, man. And, like, I... <sighs> getting to work with him so fucking fun. And see, see who he is and, like, what he's developed into working with me and getting to expose him to stuff at like 25 like taking him to do the stuff that we do with fit for service or any of these things and like part of my gimmick is like yeah i'll come but like we're gonna film content around it and so that's my back door to like now two of us have free tickets to a thing yeah Uh, (laughs) that media pass yeah yeah so i'm like pay attention motherfucker pay attention to all this these people pay tons to be here yeah (laughs) dude listen up dude life hack for real and um you know he, he gets it and, like, getting it at that age, I know how strong that is. And so, like, the awareness I have of that is there's going to be a point where he doesn't work for me anymore. Like, Brand ain't going to finish his fucking story working for Matt Vincent. Brant's going to do other things. Yeah. And I know that that's going to come. Yeah. I, that's a good sign of a leader, though. Oh, man. Like, that's the dream. Yeah. I'll happily work for him. <laughs> It was um so it was, yeah it was pretty cool to sit in um and just kind of listen in kind of ear hustle oh. as you guys were 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 strategizing and planning <sighs> trying to do it different than we've done it you know with uh, the YouTube channel's been around a long time like I mean I've got 
There's like 1,500 videos on my YouTube channel. Was that kind of the catalyst? Uh, kind of taking yes. you towards where you're headed? Yeah, I you think know? so. Putting time the and energy full into that. energy, like, I guess, full story that kind of got us here as far as media was I started writing a blog, was following Highland Games and some travel, doing kind of a writing a a very young man's version of an Anthony Bourdain traveling with some editorializing of the places we're going and some of the stories of getting fucked up, this and that. Um, and then the YouTube became that. Like, so I kind of vlogged that stuff. The YouTube started originally with me just filming throws to compare with the other guys I competed against. So we just had a fuck. No one does this shit. There's no information on the Highland Games. There's not some gym to go to in town. Like, it's us. And so we're kind of figuring it out at the same time. And we're just at the right point in history that the video thing is now really viable. Right. Prior to that, like, you have to fucking make a DVD and all types of bullshit. You gotta mail it. Hopefully it yeah. doesn't get lost. <laughs> Crazy. And so, uh, it opened up this kind of community of us sharing stuff back and forth. And then at some point, I ended up speaking to the camera. And then that turned more into vlog-style content, sharing the stories that way and putting my friends in it. And on we go. Then that leads to me, you know... Um, Writing the books, which came from me doing the Highland Game stuff. That's where I first talked about hate, which then turns into apparel. There was enough people asking to do a shirt, and we did it. And then through the YouTube channel, we had a pretty good reach of eyes because I was doing the YouTube thing long before Instagram showed up. And then when that came on board, everything just kind of funneled to help it grow as well. Mm. And then now we're here doing this. That's wild, dude. It's been a lot of, it's, dude, <laughs> uh, I guess, man, one of the important parts of, like, that story that I want to, like, I want people to grip is, like, you know, none of my shit has ever gone viral or ever popped. Like, it's been fucking steady work. Just singles and doubles. Fucking work, dude. Singles and doubles. And, like, stuff that feels like a home run, like, just ends up being, right? Like, even this thing we recently did with Indian. Which is really fucking, great. Fucking rad. Fucking rad. I can't believe this. It's a home run, right? It's a fucking home run. I got to produce this gnarly content and travel and have this experience and learn so many new skills of what we can produce. Um... But when you do that sort of thing, man, there's always this part of you that hopes this is going to be the thing that points people my way. And they're like, holy shit, there's this guy. And it takes off. Right. And it fucking doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it would be nice, right? It's it'd like, be fucking nice, right? But like. You just wake up, you have a shit ton more followers, more money flowing in. Yeah, you know, I, I am a jobber. Like, I will make content. Like, that is my fucking job. You're relentless. Oh, yeah. I hit it everywhere I can. I can make quality content for other people. I can, I'm can. i physically fit enough to take on hosting roles or whatever you'd like. No, I am fucking for hire. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny, dude. Um, for me, I, it, I really like to see that. Um, I know you don't talk a lot about, about business oftentimes. Um, you're... 
from whatever I can what I, what I can gather, it's more about like doing the next thing, the next adventure, that thing that really excites you. Well, I feel like talking about the business side of stuff puts me more like money focused, mm-hmm. right? And you know, money's a side effect. Mm-hmm. Like uh, that's not the thing that makes my dick hard. Yeah, I was gonna say tickle your asshole. Nah, right, right, right. <laughs> Same thing. Yeah, you know, that's not the thing that makes my tick hard, man. Like I, I want. The money funds doing things. Right. Typically, it funds me doing the next thing that I think will help me get funding to do the next thing. Yep. That my entire life and business has just felt like taking chips and pushing them onto the table and seeing what the next one gets and then just pushing them back onto the table every time. What what helped you get past that point, right? Because so for me, I feel like I'm kind of in this space to where I'm very business focused. Mm-hmm. Very, I, I have head down, kind of grinding, trying to build this thing that will eventually start bringing in enough revenue to fund those other things yeah, sure. to do the other things. So for me, it's um, I I can relate and I can underst- I can understand where you're at with what drives you. But then, like, you know, like, when you're in that, that beginning phase, like, year four, biz- I'm in year four, so it's like, I'm just... Sure. And so, year four of apparel, right? Bi- yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, we're business, year business, business. nine. Exactly. With hate. Right. So, for you, like, what... But is that is that fair that I'm year nine with hate, right? Because what we're really looking at is I built an audience starting in 2009, writing on a blog for free. Right. Right. And then that transitioned to, I wrote some books that were only for the Highland Game audience. That's like 2011. 2012, I won a world championship, and I'd already been creating an audience that's now watched me enter this sport and win a world championship. And then take on the next year, finish second, take on the next year, win it again. And, And now I've put out a book each of those years. And so it wasn't so like I won my second world championship would have been, I don't know, middle of the year in 2014. Same year my dad passed away. Hate starts in October. Like we don't sell the first shirt until October of that year. And so I don't know that I look at this thing anymore as like nine years in. Like I look at it now as. I've been in it since 2008 and like whatever that means is like I'm trying to monetize my existence basically mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. like how do I monetize how do I tell a compelling enough story about the things I'm attracted to doing that other that it's valuable um, and like I won't sell shirts forever I know that like like I don't think I'm 60 fucking selling t-shirts like, I don't know Right. So I want to set up other things and try new moves. And so if the T-shirt thing wouldn't have worked, I would move and try something else like always. And like even while the T-shirt thing is going, I'm I'm spinning five plates at all times and just never letting go of the others. Like the podcast has never taken off. Just fine. Right, like we, we do a solid amount of downloads. It's been very consistent for years. My audience has been really consistent and hasn't grown much on most platforms in a couple years. Uh, 
sales hate wise or anything like that last year was our best year ever um by like a percent and so over the year before and so even even that's this year will be considerably down i bet we're down probably 30 percent or so by the end of the year from last year and yeah it's just it's always figuring it out right like it's Mm -hmm. never it's never this yeah and in that time i've added five fucking employees so that I can continue to pursue other things right that try to draw more eyes back to that what at what point did you feel comfortable switching <laughs> no, what no, do you mean no no <laughs> uh, that was probably the wrong word but feel maybe what point did you feel confident switching your focus towards like these are the passions these are the things that I want to go after well that's what got him there in the first place Right, they didn't show up to follow a guy who runs a business. Right. I'm not a fucking business owner. I'm a doer. Mm-hmm. Like the shirts support people who do. And like lead, like show that lifestyle, show what it's about, show that I'm not interested in maintaining mediocrity and whatever it is. Like I want fucking progress, man, and I want to figure out the problems in front of me, and more importantly, I want to figure out my fucking problems. I don't want to solve problems for someone else's life. I want to figure out mine and figure out what it takes to grow this business. And the same way with throwing and removing my ego from it. It's easy to look at like my throwing career or lifting career, right? And say like, I wish I would have thrown this far or done this or any of those things. But the truth of the matter is I threw this far. I lifted this much. I know all those PRs. I'll never out throw those and I'll never outlift them. And so if I'm really honest with myself during that period of time when I had a chance to push and do the most that I could, and, man, I fucking went for it. Could I sit here and say, like, maybe there's sometimes a slack here or there? Fucking of course. Was it my 100% focus like anything? Like, no. I love it. And it's getting all of the attention when it's required. But I found out how good I can do all those things. And so like, I want to know what's the largest I can grow this thing and whatever it ends up is what it ends up. But that's the challenge is to get it to what's the largest it can do. Not if it doesn't get here, it's this, like I still want to be present and loving the process. And so for me to do that, I have to allow myself to scratch the itch of all the adventure shit that I want to do. Because otherwise, I'm not inspired to make stuff. I'm not inspired to make content. I don't want to fucking talk to people. It's really easy for me to shut in. And so that's... Anytime I get too far away from doing things, everything slows down. Mm, That makes sense. It's like a shark. You got to keep going. Well, it's like the business growth... It's like trying to be like, well, I'm trying to do this for growth and pulling all these fucking levers, right? Yeah. And in the end, people want to buy into you. And so that's the story. It shows people that it's real and give them as much of it as you can. Like, I know that that's what I'm turned on to with people. And so that's what I try to provide for my audience is like, here, here's what it looks like, man. It's fucking dark. It's ugly. I've been through rough spots. You guys... If there's nothing else that I think I show very well on my YouTube channel, is like, man, I'll fucking show up. I'm consistent. 
I'm consistent, not just in the way the training is, not just in the way nutrition's been, not just in the way rehab was through fucking nine knee surgeries, but there's 1,600 videos there. And a pretty medium-sized audience. Dude, there's a huge lesson in that for anybody who wants to, to build a life that, you know, whatever, whatever, because that's what I, that's kind of where I'm surrounding my brand with imposed will. I always feel like you can impose your will on life. You can build whatever life that you want to, you want to live. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it really is. It's just doing the work day in, day out. It's that, it's that grind. But once you do the thing and you get the momentum you can do such exceptional things. I think you're like, but I, I think part of that, of that, right. Is like, where are you setting the anchor to measure progress? Because if you only measure it by businesses growing through revenue, then it's going to be tough. So that's like a, like a, you're on the hamster wheel at that point. Yep. Because you know? then, then you're just chasing a high score, dude. Like I want to create for a living. I don't know what other fucking realm that I get to live a life and be an artist, which is just make shit, but that's what I get to do. And that's what I want to do, whether I get to make t-shirts or I get to design things or we get to produce content or hold conversations with people or create inspiration. I want to fucking add shit that without me being around didn't exist. If I get to do that, that's like... I, the side effects can do whatever they want to. I mean, at some point, I have to fund all this, but it seems the better job I'm doing of that part takes care of the other. Yeah, that's such a, a unique thing that we have as humans is the ability to create, manipulate our space around us. Right. Well, you, I mean, fucking animals don't do it. You, know, you can have a thought, and then it can be a physical thing. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, create it. Yeah. Man, like, I got super interested, like, the first time I started seeing, like, the 3D print stuff. And I'm like, get the fuck out of here. Do yeah. you know what this changes? Like, where... Everything. Well, not... Like, where does that technology end up? Like, think about how much more advanced CNC machines are right now than they were 20 years ago. What's the CNC machine? Sorry, CNC machine would be, like, a... Um, computerized machine with a bunch of milling bits on it that would like cut a car wheel or any other oh. part out of a block of yep. material. Got it. Um, so you program it in, it runs the CAD and it does, does the thing. Yeah. So it does it, it's essentially 3D printing, but by removal. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's kind of carving. Uh, the 3D printing is an addition of material to make the thing. So there's less waste. There's any of those things. But I remember seeing that and just being like, this will be really interesting where this is at in 20 years. And not even 20, but, like, where, where does this tech end up in 100? Because, like, depending on what materials we have, right, and what we figure out better ways to make that composite out of, do I live a life where instead of Amazon priming whatever bullshit to my house, I can print a fucking spoon. I can print a hammer. I can print most, most things. Right, like maybe electronics get tricky because of, but like anything that's up, up, a fucking unit, like a stick, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you could print a cup. Yeah. And so, like, perhaps you you buy mat- raw material mm-hmm. in their filament that this company sells, 
and then you Amazon Prime whatever the the download is for the the file. Mm-hmm. Now you have the file, and then your machine makes it. Dude, that would be insane. That would change society. So there's problems. Would that make us more wasteful? Of course it does. <laughs> of course it does. But not only does it make us more wasteful, it has to be designed for us to be more wasteful. Right. They got to give us... Because, like, if in a week I have all the things in my house and I don't need to make any more shit, that's not a great business model for them. No. I mean, that's why we have such planned, like, built-in obsolescence to the shit that we make now, mm-hmm. that we manufacture. Like, we're not making stuff the last 10 years. The last things we did were, like, the end of mid-century modern furniture and, like, all the hard plastic stuff that came out of the late 70s. That shit's still around and fucking kicking. Old tube TVs and other shit like that that weigh a million fucking pounds. They're all around. Like, even old cars you can find, but you don't find a lot of shit hanging around from the 80s and 90s. They're fucking junk. Yeah, yeah. There's a certain point where just, like, output output over quality. Output over quality. The American way. I know, man. We love it. Same thing we do with our whole education process, right? Like, it's built just like the fucking teach to the middle. Get them all out so they can either become soldiers or go work in factories. That's They'll it. love it. That's it, dude. The longer they're in the education system, the more they're bought into the fact that sitting in some fucking room at a desk staring at a thing, not talking, is a great way to go. Because they've done it since they were four. Yeah, dude. School is just state-funded indoctrination <sighs> centers. That's what I've come to realize. It is. It is. There, There is a truth to that, right? Because I can't help but look at it from the other standpoint that, like, if I'm Big Brother and we have an education process in this country, of course I'm leading material to make the type of citizens I would like to have. Right? Like, that. that's not a nefarious way to explain that. Right. It's easy to start with the indoctrination, like, people get fucking weird. As soon as you, the, those vocabulary words get real weird. The words people, you yeah? use start red flagging it. But if I, if I can at least make the leap to agree that, like, well, there is a laid-out program of what should be taught in our schools and what's allowed to be taught in school, and that's dictated by someone. And so that is, at some point, steering our direction and beliefs in life. So if they're doing that, they're aware of it. Yeah, I mean, I would argue that whoever they is is aware of it. <sighs> whoever they is. Man, I'm <laughs> not sure at this point that they just isn't just the momentum of the machine. Yeah, yeah, in various regards. In various regards. The people that are in those positions are people that, that aren't self-aware enough to realize that, like, why do we do this? It's because we always have. It's the way things are. Fucking get in line. Yeah, the momentum's just taken. It's just too much momentum. Dude, I've been reading Behold a Pale Horse. I don't know if you've read uh-uh. this or not. But it's by this guy named William Cooper. And, uh, dude, he was an ex-naval intelligence officer. Um, if you read his bio, he's a conspiracy theorist. Perfect. Right-wing lunatic. Okay. Um, he's, he's since passed away. So is Aaron Rodgers, apparently. Of course. Of course, dude. Jesus, dude. Dude, he's, he's, he's since passed away. And um, this book, dude, is Blowing me the fuck away, man. Well, first of all, this is I've I've heard people mention this book before, and I tried to read this book probably ten years ago. I just wasn't mentally. It's in too the, much. I, I wasn't mentally. In yeah, the place. yeah. <laughs> like yeah, no. now, I'm a little bit smarter. I can understand. I look at things differently. So I'm reading this, 
a huge red flag. This book was printed in 91. <coughs> if you try to buy a new version today, it has 30 less pages. And things have, and like titles and words have been changed. Interesting. Super interesting. Like, why are we taking, Great marketing. Sh- why are we taking shit out? I don't know what the case is. But either way, so it's I. It's fucking really interesting to me. The, the whole, man, the, the deciding the information in books shouldn't be read thing. The idea that like, like there's some stuff we just shouldn't allow people to read if they want to. Yeah. What the fuck are you talking about? Just the banning of any type of content to me is fucking wild. Yeah. But, so is he, what, what's the basis? Where is he going with? Uh, so the, the whole point of the book, it's just, it's actually just kind of laying out um, the plan of the elites mm. and kind of where things are headed. Okay, I have a similar book. <laughs> and dude, it's, it's just wild though. Um, I've got, um, it's like Battle Him or Battle Cry. Okay. Something like that. Uh, it got sent to me by Kyle Kingsbury. Okay. Um, there's a lot. It's a lot. Like, that whole level of stuff, right? And, like, especially, does he get a whole world banking thing and kind of go the history of it with... I'm sure he does. He will. Um, okay. I'm still very... He talks at the beginning, he talks about, like, a silent war. Which, as I'm, dude, he wrote this in the 90s. He's talking about how, you know, there's going to be a silent war. They just need the computing power to kind of get to a place. And all, the whole time I'm reading this, all I can do is think about cell phones and shit. He talks about secret societies and um, just these family lines. And just he, he lays some shit out there. And it's just making me look at society in a, in a different way. Um, it's not like I'm just buying into this whole thing, but... Prior to this, I read this book called The Fourth Turning. And it was mm-hmm. read by this guy, these two guys, uh, William Strauss and Neil Howe. Okay. And, bro, this that book completely changed the way I look at everything because it explains how history is not linear as we often like to think of it in Western society, but it's cyclical. And, you know, the only thing that you, you see these turnings and these cycles happen over and over in history. They call them turnings. And um, it talks about the archetypes basically based off of like generations and like the only kind of differences in time is just at what point in life is a generation and how do they respond to whatever thing that's happening so they wrote this book again like in 97 kind of predicting what's going to happen in history and as Mm. i and they're talking about how they're coming towards the end of a third turning and we're entering the fourth turning and throughout history there's these fourth turnings is when we're seeing these major things happen. Um, the last fourth turning was World War II. So it's like I'm reading this book, dude, and um, it, it, really, it really highlights just the, the cyclical nature of how things unfold and where we are today. According to them, we are currently right now, we've already basically probably 2018, 2020, the lockdown was probably the climax of the fourth turning and we're coming towards the end of the fourth turning and how we look as a country, as a world is really um, (coughs) dependent on what we do in these next coming years. Very short amount of time. Like do we could either be, we could either kind of fall as a society and kind of fall into a, like a dictatorship, which if you look at the span of history, that's the norm. That's the norm. Or Convince we, them they're in danger and they need my help. Yeah, dude. Or we could kind of come through stronger and better. And, and Either way, regardless of what the outcome, society won't be the same. We're not returning back to anything. Everybody wants to talk about 
we're going to return back to whatever. Th- we got to get back. We got to get never back. going back. There is no going like, back, no, right? That's not how any of this works. Nope. We're in a different time now. Things are different. Things are there's new. There's been a lot of things that have been exposed and like, not in a weird conspiracy way, but like how we deal with each other and what what real fear mongering does to our society Mm -hmm. like those type of things i think that's been exposed that like when we start looking at scarcity and when things get taken away we start to see how people treat each other yeah right and like i remember saying (laughs) uh very beginning of uh the pandemic and being not a conspiracy guy i was just like ha. This is a really fascinating compliance test. You have an invisible bad guy. Mm-hmm. Like, if you can get him to comply to this, you fucking got him. It's a stress test. And, look, I don't, I don't believe the virus is bullshit. But do I believe they used it to try a lot of other things out? I do. And I think that they... I really struggle when I get to that part. Because, like, the they is still people. They're still kind of people. Mm-hmm. They're not like a lizard society by any... Right. I can't I can't buy the lizard people, man. They have bones. Yeah, the idea that it's it's just this ultimate nefarious plan. Right. By, yeah. Now, I do think that it's played upstream. Right, the, the people with more money and more resources are playing a different game than I am. Right. Across the board. You know, I mean, of people I know with money and various amounts of it, the moves that I see people making who have access to millions is really interesting. Right, so I have to imagine that if I have access to billions... Mm-hmm. the multiplication of what that looks like. Like what what things you can do and what reach you can have and what... <sighs> what influence you can have. A way that you can manipulate a system to get shit done. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's going to play all the way up. And it's not, I don't know that there's a nefarious bit to it more than just narcissism. At its, really, at its core, if that, that it's just those people are playing a game that I'm simply not an important part of. Yeah. Uh, something that really stuck out to me in the Behold the Pale Horse, William Cooper said that uh, the things that I'm saying... He's like, keep in mind, like, you don't have to believe these things, but these people, these, you call them elites or whoever, they do believe it. So if they believe it, that's all that matters. And that presented a very interesting concept to me in that, you know, with the idea of, like, conspiracy theory or, like, you, we don't, like, you mentioned, like, I don't get into conspiracies. But, like, that term was coined, I think, in the 60s by the CIA. Of course. Right, right, right. Right? right? So it's kind of like this. And, and fuck, man. Look, we do have really obvious shit, right? Like, we have the, what, Gulf of Tonkin, whatever got us into Vietnam. Mm-hmm. 
I'll probably fuck up a bunch of these names. On it's stuff. okay. Um, but like whatever that was, like we know the facts of that was a false flag thing, so that we could get involved in war. Right. War is great for business. It's fantastic, especially post World War Two, with NATO being part of that deal. That once you join NATO, we arm you. Mm-hmm. Where do you think they buy all them fucking weapons <laughs> from us? So. It's great business for there to be conflict. And like that, I think people just are running a thing at that level. Yeah. You know what I mean? That they don't look at whatever the big picture of it or the moral compass or whatever the fuck that could mean. No, no. Fucking knows. Um, this shit would drive you crazy. If I you just think we're, we're a fucking really fascinating species, man. We are, dude. If you look at us like no, a, as we an organism. We love bullshit and conflict. We fucking love it. And making new shit. Oh, yeah. That's what we do well. Do we make new shit and then we fight about it? <laughs> Man. I don't. There's going to be a time where Earth doesn't have us on it. Yeah. Like, we're not going to fucking outlive it. Earth will be fine. It's fine. <laughs> It'll never have given a shit that anything has ever taken place here. Yeah. Dude, I think about, and this is actually probably a good segue into uh, where you are right now with your brand. Like, you know, at any time, we could get hit by a fucking asteroid. Oh, yeah. It's, there's, I can't remember what the fucking volcano is um, up in the Pacific Northwest, but it's like past due to blow, and it's, if it does, it's world-ending type of stuff. Yeah. At any moment. At any moment, dude. This whole life is fragile, dude. Oh, man. the, the <laughs> It's not just life, right? Like, this lifestyle is a smaller part of life. Right? There's no fucking rule that says we don't return back to fighting and fucking tribes. Yeah. Yeah, it, there's actually a lot of evidence we've had mul- multiple like, times this has happened. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Which uh, I'll I'll come back to that. I've had an interesting <laughs> idea about aliens based on how that works. Um. But man, yeah, like, why not fucking go for it? Like, like that's the only thing I can think for fucking anybody out there, right? Like, is just like you're gonna fucking die. Like you're gonna fucking die. You don't know when. Sometime between right now and then. <laughs> That's it. Could be a fucking day. Could be months. Could be years. Could be fucking decades. But you're going to be fucking dead. So, like, why not be all in on this run? Like, why not try all the things you fucking want and not play some, live some life of uh, fucking martyrdom to being this what society thinks is a good guy. Society wants you to work in a fucking box and t- and be stoked with what you've been given. Fuck it. I'm not into it. I want to do what I want to do. I'll happily live in a fucking van, man. I have no fucking interest in the standard path of it. Um, the idea of whatever that is. And the pursuit of this gives me such fire to chase it. And man, I was in the old thing. I was in it. And 
I had the outlet with sports. And so like that itch was always able to stay scratched of like me pursuing a thing. And when that got taken away from me, uh, it fucked me up because all I could see forward was that other road was like, that's fucking it. This is what I do. The rest of my life is going to be doing this. It's going to be fucking hanging out here. Like all the most exciting things of travel and adventure and fucking athletic achievement or any of that was done. It's like you're living in purgatory. I could just see it, dude. I was fucking scared to death. Um, and also I was in, I was going to be in pain for it. Like I was going to be fucking hurt for all of it. And I, and I just remember having those, those moments, man. And I don't know if it's God or whoever you're fucking talking to in, in that darkness, but that time of like making deals, like you just get, if we can just have this surgery work, right? Like if we could just do that, I won't fuck this thing up again. Like I won't be an asshole. I got the lesson. But I got to get out of here to use any of the knowledge from it, man. And, uh, you know, and I got the chance. I'm not fucking looking back. Yeah. Like, <laughs> no fucking way. And so, like, the more that I've I've leaned into that, you know, it, it's just revealed so many other things about myself. You know, revealed the fact that you know, what I believed in myself as far as going to have this average existence because of my education, because of, you know, me not being a good student, me having the other problems, I really was like, look, I know what the fucking max out limit of my life is, and it kind of looks like this. I couldn't be any more fucking wrong. And I, I think what I learned from the athletics is what I've just applied to anything is it has to be done consistently with intention forever. Like, whatever you want it to be, that's how long you have to do it. Like, you don't get to decide when. You just get to follow the intention and try to make progress. And through that, I've just been able to accomplish physical things that I believed were fucking impossible. I've been able to build multiple businesses and then work with incredible people and get to travel and experience a fucking lifestyle that I can't even believe is real. And sometimes I have this weird, weird dream thing where basically everything that's <laughs> happened thus far is while I'm under anesthesia for the first surgery. So like, eh. so that's popped up every now and then. Oh, um, why? Bummer. <laughs> and so like the question then, right, is like, could I run it twice? Because this is where I want to be. So to run it twice, you got to do all the same shit. <sighs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And I'm glad I don't ever have to. That's fucking ideal. Yeah. You're awake now. <sighs> yeah. And through that same tenacity of fucking learning how to throw and how long it takes and mastery of that type of thing like that that's anything like you can fucking do anything it's just going to take a long time of giving a shit about it 
You just don't always get, you don't get to say what the progress looks like. Your job is to fucking show up and keep shoveling dirt. Some days you show up, you have a big giant fucking backhoe, and other days you have a spoon. Move dirt. That's it. The pile's never going to go away. You're welcome to change direction on the pile <laughs> at any fucking point. Yeah. But the life you want is one that you love moving dirt. Like, and, and that for me now is, I, even when training for the Highland Games, like, I always thought the competition part was reward. I had to hang out with my fucking friends and fly somewhere and then put to work all of this effort and get to have a result of did the plan work? What do we change next week? Like, I fucking love it. Like, we compete like Highland Games, we, we compete like 20 times a year. And so, there's so many times to get out and test it. Yeah. And so it works like on a weekly basis. That you're like, well, we tried da 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 and then you go throw and compete and decide was it better or fucking or worse and then try again next week. Yeah. It's fun, man. And there's no reason not to just fucking go after whatever it is. That's true. There's no fucking reason not to. That's right. I fucking hate when I hear people don't do it because they have kids or safety or any of this and I'm like, so so what like what are you teaching? Like look at that side of it. Like what the fuck is the message you're teaching? mediocrity that's the message that it's acceptable you know we were talking about school at the beginning and um i don't think enough people actually really take the overarching lesson of what school can do i know what it's meant to do but if you if you just look at the amount of output that you have when you're in school like how much whether it's reading or especially in college right when you're writing papers and you're getting ready for shit. If people just did that in their own life, the same effort that you put towards like school, if you just did that in your own life. Cause I think about whenever I was in high school, I went to school during the day and then I trained rest. Like I'd go wrestling practice or whatever practice afterwards, do homework, rinse and repeat. And then eventually I didn't have school. It just became a nine to five. And eventually I didn't have after school practice but I still needed to do something. So for some that can be a business for me, that was training, you know, MMA. I just, I just plugged in different things. Whenever, you know, you don't have papers to write, maybe you write a blog. Mm -hmm. It's like, if you take that structure of those things, most people, what they do is they're just like, Oh, I'm glad I'm done with that. I don't have to do that anymore. But if you just, there's no way to the success or like, stoked life without discipline right you were given the structure actually pretty early in life yep if you just continue to do the thing and just plug in the shit that you like to do there is value to our education system yeah it's not completely fucking worthless trash yeah the value of it is is you do show up to a place every fucking day and do a thing right and it teaches you that like you have to do that for as long as you can remember. And, like, <clears throat> I think that's valuable. Right. Because, like, without the, without the lesson that, like, it takes 10 years to get good at a thing, I don't know that I would be able to have patience. 
You think that's something we're missing in society today? It's more yeah. way more patience. Yeah, well, being able to fucking um, what just delay gratification? Yeah, of course. Dude, you remember when you were a kid and say like a movie came out and then it wasn't in theaters anymore? You had to wait like six months to a year until it came out on VHS. Yo, <laughs> how, you, how old are you? Uh, th- I'll be thirty-five in December. Okay, okay. So yeah, yeah, th- yeah, thirty-nine, and uh. Yo, know, if you missed a thing that was on TV, it was fucking gone. Gone. Like, dude. that was it. Like, you didn't get that. You don't get to TiVo or watch that episode again. It was just gone. Dude, I used to, st- <laughs> on Mondays, when Raw or uh, WWF Nitro would come on, i like, tape it. I knew I'm going to fall asleep, so I would have to tape it so I could catch it for the next day, because otherwise, to your point, it's gone forever, bro. Gone forever. You can't look You can't up. ever <laughs> look it up, dude. It was, and, and, like, I think part of that. Part of that allowed us to forgive things easier. Like, think about how fucking wild Monday Raw was for a bit. Fucking wild. Dude. (laughs) Dude, so, early on in the podcast, um, I met and had Stone Cold on the show. And, like, talking about those years and just the fucking ridiculousness of it. He was like, oh, yeah, he says, we just had no fucking idea what we were doing. We'd get there that night, and the writers would just start up and be like, we can, we have access to this, this, and this in the fucking area, and what can we do with it, and how do we get it into the fucking arena? Oh, fuck. Um, <laughs> it's so fucking wild what they were doing on TV. And it's because when it was over, like, you couldn't constantly play it back and make people who didn't, if, if you didn't want to watch Monday Night Raw, it never found you. Right. And that's not the case anymore. So we're trying to have people way the fuck out of their demographic make decisions about it. Like, get the fuck out of here. They're, the freedom to, to create and make content, it's fucking art just like anything else. It's fucking work. Mm-hmm. Let them tell the story that wrestling fans want to see. That's their job. And... It's all fantasy, man. Like, what? Like, well, you want to tell me there's some weird moral level that we can do there, but movies have can play by a different thing? Like, what the fuck are we talking about? It's not real. Except it's not real. Like, that's the fun part. There are no rules. No, it's fucking stage acting. It's great. People die and come back to life all the time. Dude. They're incredible athletes. The the nostalgia of thinking about wrestling as I've gotten older, it just makes me so happy. Because as a kid, you watch it, and then there's a huge chunk of my life where I don't follow that shit. But if I watch it, I'll, I'll sit there for like maybe five or ten minutes, and I'll see it on TV. Or I'll see people post online, like, because St. Louis is a huge wrestling town. Okay. They come through. So um, I just saw something. I think there was a, a thing here this past weekend, a couple of days. Um, so I see that. I'm just like, dude, wrestling is uh, it's such a crazy athletic Yo, soap yeah. opera. <laughs> it's insane, yeah. dude. And I just I just get so silly. I think I, I joke with Deja all the time. I'm like, Deja, I'm just gonna start wrestling because I just I love I love just the the theatrics of it all. When somebody has their arm, they're like, oh, oh it hurts so bad. Yeah. <laughs> no, look, man, it's I, just so silly, dude. I loved it as a kid. 
And then I definitely had a big chapter where I'm like, this is fucking dumb as shit. People that enjoy this is dumb as shit. Yeah. I just didn't get it. And then through experience and at least being open-minded enough, right? Like, I uh, made friends with Andy Williams. Who's that? Uh, Andy Williams is a uh, guitarist for the band uh, Every Time I Die. Okay. He also is a professional wrestler. And so now he's on, what, WEC or is that? wrestling that might be sure pro wrestling yeah um but like he's on pay-per-views and like he's kicking ass they're fucking killing it yeah fucking he is wrestling for a living you know what i mean yeah and uh like at the time like i went up to buffalo for like one of their shows it was like hometown show and so like we fucked off and we drove up to toronto because they had a wrestling gig and, like, wrestling practice for two nights. It's like, my knee's all fucked up, thank God, because I would have participated. If any chance I could have not gotten hurt, I would have fucking absolutely been in. And watching them do it, and, like, get in there and practice in this old firehouse and then train, and then go to the show, and I'm like, it's no different than the Highland Games. <laughs> like, we're not scripted or anything, right? But, like, the gold of it, is this camaraderie. The gold of it is them in here training and doing a thing that they want to get better at. Mm -hmm. The gold of it is they, they're learning how to show up and perform when it counts and like getting to learn about themselves in the moment. Like being able to present yourself confidently doing silly shit. Like there's so much gold in that. Um, Man, I thought I just, it, it clicked for me, and I fucking got it. I remember watching, I was like, fuck, I get it. I get the whole thing. Yeah. And then not even that, like, even the weird stuff with Andy telling me shit, like, he had some lady spit on him, like, from the crowd, <laughs> right? And, like, at the end of the show, she comes up, and he's fucking kind of hot. And she's like, you're one of my favorite characters to hate. I love you so much. And, and it was genuine. And, like, he's like... They love the show that much that they're they're part of it. Right. That hate they know that you're so hateable that you should be spit on. He's actually doing a really good job. Dude, right, <laughs> right. And like it just opened my eyes to a lot of stuff that and like once I took away any judgment of like, is this stupid? And I'm like, well fuck, all right. Like I see what itch it scratches mm -hmm. for people. It's community. Like, it's they're part of a thing. Like, they're part of this storyline. They're invested in it. They're invested in the characters and all of it. And it's fantasy. Yeah. Also, like, they're... <laughs> is it any more... Is, is it just live-action opera? Is it just like watching an action film opera? Like, we just haven't ha figured out how to have them shoot each other with machine guns in the room in front of us yet? Yeah. You know, I think of it that as uh, at the at the the essence of all humans, we just love stories. Like that's what we do really well. We tell stories. Think about any area of life, whether it's entertainment or business or anything. It's who is telling the best story. Yeah, and that's that, true. And that's what captivates so many humans. And with your ability to do that, is your ability to connect. It's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, storytelling is, is 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 such a valuable thing, and and a thing that only we do. Yeah. 
Um, you said the, there was a time where you thought it was it was kind of silly, mm-hmm. right? And um, I had a snobby hipster good run in my my mid to late twenties. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you said that, right? I think most of us do, right? Yeah, like yeah. You kind of reach a point to where you just realize that uh, you're not as cool as you thought you were, and the thing. <laughs> <laughs> And, um, cause I, uh, fuck, I don't want to hang out with that guy at all, man. Dude, 20 year olds are stupid. Dumb. Super dumb. I, think I was super dumb. I try to keep that perspective now. Anytime I think I know anything, my like, fuck, dude, I'm just, I'm still stupid in so many regards. And the more I learn, the more dumb I feel. Yeah. I, but you're so confident in your twenties. <laughs> I specifically remember like a moment and a thought of like that time span. And I'm, I must be like 22, 21. I'm probably my senior year of college. I'm throwing and working in a strip club. And I had, I had a crotch rocket at the time was my form of transportation. I remember riding... Fuck, riding to the club that night, like in this, you know, my helmet and the fucking riding jacket and like these fucking like Oakley gloves with carbon fiber nose off. So uh, embarrassed. You're so cool. I'm <laughs> so embarrassed right now saying all this. <laughs> oh man, this feels awful. Um, and like, man, I remember thinking how fucking cool I was. I remember it like, fuck. I remember thinking like everything about like my life at that moment was was fucking rad, and like oh god, oh man, like I was really proud of everything I had going on, and no judgment. That guy's fucking he's done great, <laughs> but like oh man, what a small-minded focused and little look at things you're just so sure of yourself at that so time. sure of yourself right and like fuck of course that's they like that's who has to fight wars yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah because yo you have to like yeah. that that's the age range you have to have someone fucking signed up for that while they are that dude yeah when they're the most confident fucking just run them into walls yeah dude I um I I had I started to uh to message somebody. They they made a I'm I'm a huge music guy. Like growing up just my whole life just I love music. And uh somebody posted something on their story. It was is a guy I talked to every he's a he's probably 20 years old, 21 years old. So we we kind of communicate on online and uh he had posted something about uh this new slang term that kids are using, cap, no cap. Have you heard them say this before? I have not. <laughs> like, people will say, um, instead of, like, no lie, they'll be like, no cap. Or, like, dog, you're capping, like, you're lying. Okay. I feel stupid even saying it. Um, but it's, like, this new terminology kids are using. And he posted something from TikTok, because that's the source for all kids these days. Sure. Everything is on TikTok. And it was saying that, uh, like, this isn't the new slang. Or, no, what they actually were breaking down a, a rap verse by Eminem. And there's, there's, he used the word cap. And like, this is another meaning. I'm like, well, and then I messaged the kid. I was like, well, when he wrote that, like, that meaning for that word wasn't there. And then he sent me back a screenshot 
he's like, well, according to this person on TikTok, it was. And then I just quickly realized, I'm like, wait a second. I'm starting to get into this back and forth argument. You can't. You can't do it, right? No, but it, you cannot be involved in that. But it was it was a it was a reminder. It's like one that you're so confident when you're in your 20s, you just know everything. And I was like, "Fuck, dude! Like, I'm not gonna argue with this kid because he believes what he believes." Right. I could try to correct him, but then it's just me for my own ego's sake to try to do that. But it was just like this perspective moment yeah, of just like. Learn. It's like, damn, dude, when you're in your 20s, you're just so fucking confident. I'm like, damn. So confident. And then I think about whenever I was in my 20s, I just start to feel really embarrassed. It's just, <laughs> just like, Chad, I just, I just oh. knew it all, which is why I got married and did all these things because I was just so confident that this was the way to success. It's like, you know, if you go get your degree and get a job and get married and do all these things, if I do it by 20, then I'm kicking ass all the way, dude. And not only that, like, <laughs> what I needed was a lot of people saying how yeah, you're doing it. Yeah. Like, I needed the people around me also seeing that, like, look, look at this. This is what. Like, you're seeing me continue the race that the education system has pointed me at. And I need you to know I'm winning at it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're all leaving the gate at the same time from fucking high school or college, whatever it is. And now the race starts. Mm-hmm. And so you see the people around you buy this or get that or grow or do this. And you're I was fucking competitive, man. I hate to interrupt the conversation, but I need to tell you about the homies over at Strange Donuts. If you haven't been to Strange Donuts and you are in the St. Louis area, what are you doing? You absolutely have to check them out. They are hands down some of the best donuts you will ever have. In fact, Strange Donuts was voted one of the best donut shops in the country. And every weekend they have some sort of different flavor creation. If you like donuts, Strange Donuts is a must. There's four locations there in Creevecore, Kirkwood, Maplewood, and just across the river in Edwardsville, Illinois. It doesn't matter which location you go to, they are all phenomenal let them know that we sent you you will get absolutely nothing for doing that but they will know that we got you into the store so again go get you some strange donuts you'll be happy that you did you can thank me later we are also brought to you by my company imposed will imposed will is an athletic wear and lifestyle brand i started imposed will with the simple belief that everything starts with the mind and we can all impose our will on life and accomplish whatever it is that we want to accomplish so we're currently taking care of our jujitsu community so if you do jujitsu we got geese we have our free flow training shorts we have rash guards everything that you need but we are expanding to all areas of athletic wear so ladies we're going to be dropping our line for you very soon we do have apparel and we are always growing and expanding so go check us out today and join the movement head over to imposedwill.com and get your gear today yeah same same i thought i was really winning the the thing about school that grade system one two three winning right what does that mean fucking winning oh man i'm all right with the term as long as you define it like what i said earlier right like whatever allows me to fucking create for a living that's my why 
And so whatever manages for that to happen, I'm stoked to do. So that can be a variety of things. But once you're locked in too much on a, on a thing, it's just not, it's not sustainable for that fucking long. Right. It's a recondition your mind. When you, yep. when you, again, to your point, off, like you're off to the races. Mm-hmm. So you've already been conditioned to think, like, I'm progressing every year, right? It's like I went through first through 12th grade. I progressed every year. And then all of a sudden, there's no more steps. There's no more grades to, like, right. progress. That's where people usually go into college because it gives you more steps to progress. And then well, and the same reason that you would go into college and you'd look at being a doctor and you'd say, well, cool, then I can progress from here down that path to what the salary is. Yeah. Like most people pick their fucking degree based on a salary to some to some fucking extent. Yeah. I mean, One. you're investing in being in this fucking school, which is crazy. <sighs> and chasing whatever that salary is going to be, that, that that's where you want to go. You're essentially setting your limit from the very beginning. That's what I realized. I thought... I said, like, oh, I want to be a doctor because you're going to make all this money. And you're I'm like, all and this fucking money, man. Right, all right. Doctors are super rich. Like, Wait a second. They work 90 hours a week in a super fucking stressful environment the, under fluorescent lights all the time. It's one of the worst fucking occupations you could probably no. have, in my opinion. But look, I'm glad we have people who really give a shit to do that. But I am so fucking not suited yeah. to be helpful in that way. At all. Yikes. Yeah, dude. No fucking way. It's hell. That is a hell landscape for me. I can't think of a worse fucking job for me to have. Ditto. You're in this place surrounded by unhealthy, sick people. You know, and look. All the time. A passion. And it was just into college. Boom, the next thing. I met this girl. Boom into the job, straight into there. By the time you have the awareness, it's way too scary to turn back. You bought all the way in at that point. It's way too scary to go like, but I don't want to be a doctor anymore. And people are like, what? No fucking way. But people do it. Yeah, a lot of people will just allow the momentum of a bad decision carry you into years of your life well not even a bad decision right like just any decision just just that the chat like the time had run its course like the i'm not saying that becoming a doctor was a bad decision Mm -hmm. but whenever you decide being a doctor is no longer fucking what you want to be change i hear you Use the thing, the resources you made from becoming a fucking doctor to have some idea of what you'd like to do after. Same thing with playing football, going to the NFL, or doing any of these things. Have some fucking ideas about what you would like to take your current resources to build next. That's the new thing to chase the progress on. Yeah, it's okay to change. Fuck yeah. It's, you have to. You're going to change regardless. Right. You fucking have to. 
Like you have to grow. You have to change. The chapters have to move on. Otherwise, there's just stagnant. No one is stoked and fulfilled doing that. Like it's all that learning process of change and everything from the way relationships will change, right? Like look at the different chapters, I'm sure, with, with having kids, right? The relationships where you're really close because you're so fucking young and he's just your buddy. And as they grow and become men, there's going to be this removal from you because fuck, you did it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. we're built to start doing that. It's a natural thing. It's supposed to have a chapter like that. And then if you did both those sections right, there's a chapter where we come back around and we want to spend time with you because we realize what wisdom and things like that were. But you don't get to know it until you have some minutes to realize you don't fucking have any idea what you're doing. You just got to go out and do it. But you have to fuck up. Mm -hmm. Man, fucking up's the key. That's right. In sports, too, like, you learn from fucking up. You know, get a little hurt lifting too much or doing anything, like, can't do that. <laughs> yeah, we learn from pain, dude. Great fucking teacher. <sighs> One of the best. Yeah. It's fucking gnarly. So I'm going to bring you back to it because uh, I want to know. We, we kind of got away from it. Okay. But I want to know about, about the aliens. Oh, fuck. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> So I was recently watching a video, and it was um, this, I think it's from like the mid to late 70s, and it's kind of an uncontacted tribe meeting, this media crew. So older white dudes at that time dressed in adventure gear with a camera guy. Okay. And so like the tribe they're meeting is like full bones through the nose, like spears and loincloths and like are fucking stressed out and like touch the dude and pulls his hand back and like they just keep referring to him as ghost as ghost and so through the course of filming them and stuff like that like they gave them a couple gifts they did some stuff and then they fucked off and flew away right so I got to thinking about that and like just expanding on that experience and say where it could lead and maybe where it has been. So those white dudes leave. This tribe stays totally uncontacted, right? I don't know any of the story after I watch this video. This is now lost in my train of thought. So they stay uncontacted and like the gifts they gave were like an oil lamp, like an oil lantern, uh, I don't know, a fucking book. And then... I think maybe a knife, but I, I don't I don't remember. It was something useful, but like... Even if it was a fucking gun. Just a tool of some right. sort. Right, let's say, let's say it's a fucking gun. Just for the sake of this discussion. So, these people will never have... the ability to refill that oil lamp. Reload bullets. Make more guns. Or bound and write books, right? <clears throat> and let's say they stay uncontacted for the next 200 years. How does that story get passed down? 
Are these not men from the future? Are they even men from this? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. They showed up in a thing from the fucking sky and talked to us. And then that gets told through stories and evolution and paintings and art. And it gets expanded upon the way stories do. You know, the idea that... I mean... I mean, I couldn't, I could think of a gun by at some point down the road being explained as a hand of God. Like he would just point at them and they would drop dead. Yeah. Right? Like, and so I wonder now thinking about like, say, you know, the Egyptians or any of this, were they not just visited from a more technologically advanced us? At the time, say that was Atlantis or any of these other ancient civilizations that had other shit going on. Could be. Could, Could be. be. Have you seen the shit on the Sumerians? Um, which shit on the Sumerians? <clears throat> well, they have um, like these, like the, the pictures by the Sumerians where it's like these giants hold and standing next to the giants are just like normal sized people. And it's like this idea um, there was. Again, these people coming from the sky. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in one of the depictions, the Sumerians are like holding like a monkey. So it's kind of like this idea of uh, not the Sumerians are holding, but this this uh, being was holding a monkey. So it's like this idea: what were these giant beings? Where did they come from? Were they aliens that sure. came down? It's it's fascinating shit. I mean, it's, I think the Sumerian text is the oldest that we have. You know, and so, like, I can, us being visited from another place, I find it so much more of a stretch than the idea that we don't know the world's history very well. I think that's what I lean towards as well. Right, that, like, I don't know that we didn't have a race of giants that had their shit together, and then the fucking area of Earth they lived on got hit by a fucking comet or volcano went off and goddamn wiped them out. Right. Like, in a million years, everyone's fucking... Like, there's no proof of anything, especially at... Tri- like, none of our shit survives. This isn't 2022 right now. Of course not. Right? <laughs> of course not. It's a fucking made-up thing that proves Catholics won. It... <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, it... No, no fucking way. Like, I just, I don't, I, I like the whole Jules Verne time machine thing, right? Like, where he goes back through time, and then there's these different societies. It's not just this bring back to the dinosaurs, but, like, what was around before that? Yeah. Because dinosaurs were around for 250 million years. And Earth's been around for, like, is it 14 million? 14 billion years? Like, that's a lot of not years. I can't even comprehend. Like, how the dinosaurs that. were around for 250 million years. A thousand millions is a billion. And so, like, the amount of time that they were around is still insignificant. Right. Compared to the rock itself. And not only that, it's just one small rock in an endless field of in an endless field of fucking nothing there's nothing out there the amount of space that's filled up by things is nothing and some of the scale of the things out there 
are really troublesome. <laughs> well, dude, every star that you're seeing is a galaxy just like ours. Right. Right. Or like <laughs> the the scale of the star, uh, well, Betelgeuse. Have you ever seen like scale of celestial body stuff? Um, what do you... So we're like, we'll compare Earth to the sun. And oh, then and then the we just start sun scaling. Yeah. To everything else, to Jupiter or anything else. Mm -hmm. And like what other stars out there size-wise? Like there's other stars out there that are bigger than our solar system. Right. So, even scale works fractally. Like, all the way up to that thing, mm -hmm. it goes down to atoms and electrons. Like, so what's big? It's relative, huh? <laughs> is the Grand Canyon big? <laughs> to me, it is. Sure it is. But it's not compared to Earth. Or even Arizona, for that matter. Nope. Or the fucking giant canyon that runs across Mars. <laughs> uh, I Shit. fucking love other planets and stuff like that. I, I love how insignificant it reminds me we are, we are. Yeah. And that allows me to release a lot of anxiety with decision making. Yes. It's not important. It'll probably be fine. Right. I like that. I, I've I've made bad decisions and been uncomfortable for a week. Yeah, I often get the message from psychedelics that none of this matters, hmm. and that some people would take that in the negative, but I take it in the positive. Same. I, I take what, it in the positive. I, I take it as none of this matters inherently. Right. So, which means I get to choose everything that matters to me. Exactly. And so that's where I want all of my energy pointed at this point in the future of my life. I want all of my energy and time spent on things I give a fuck about. That's, that's my idea of the best course of the rest of my life. Is that I spend it using my energy on things I fucking love. Whatever that is. Yeah. It could end at any moment. You might as well fucking yeah, do what dude. you want to do while you're here. Yeah, and if not, I'm not all grass. Like, like some of the things like long-term I want to accomplish are expensive. So I also have to figure out how to make money. And it's just interesting what is possible. Like, I didn't go to any type of film or production school, for fuck's sake. I pointed a camera at myself and learned how to edit poorly. And I eventually built enough of a thing to hire a guy who's really good at that shit. That's better at telling my story than I am. And so we get to work together now to create production pieces for companies. Like, we get to quote production work. Like, the first time I got asked to do that, I'm like, what the fuck does that look like? Can we? Yeah. <laughs> Just fuck, say yes. Just always, yeah, always, dude. Always, dude. Figure it You'll out. You'll fucking figure it out. Yeah. Like, that's what I... That's what the sports thing also teaches you over time. It's like, well, we have to compete this weekend. I'm a little banged up. We'll fucking figure it out. Adjustments on the fly. Yeah, we're a little bit further in weight than we should be right now. Like, well, <laughs> got moves to make. Yeah. Like, you have to fucking figure it out. Like, we, has to, we still have to get there. It's all doable. And if not... You still figure it out. Like, if not, like, it's not the end of the world. 
Like none of the things you've ever panicked about or like I I ever thought were going to be the worst thing ever and I'm fucking dead have proven to be true. Because I'm still here. Which means most likely that's not really an important flag that pops up. <laughs> yeah. It's never been right. My life has never ended. It was never as bad as it seemed in the grand scheme. Right. right? Like I remember getting in trouble in school and being like, Jesus fucking Christ, I'm going to kill me. My life's over. All of that. I remember when I needed to close the bike shop because it was failing, I, what, I th- what a life-ending thing that I thought that was because my credit was fucking ruined and I didn't have any fucking money and I was really embarrassed that I had this failing business. It's never as bad. As long as you keep living. You, you well, it's never yeah, as I have. Bad. That's the only rule is don't stop. You're right. Like, fuck, it didn't work. Try again. Yeah, dude. Try again. Like, it's, it's the persistence piece is what separates a lot of people. You think your grit came from growing up in the bayou? I don't know where. Um, fuck, man. From growing up in the bayou. God damn it. <laughs> You've been sitting on that and excited to say it. Oh, yeah, dude. I've just been thinking about it. Fuck. Like, how am I going to come with my Creole accent? And, dude, and I did. <laughs> dude, like, 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 I, I didn't. And shit, dude. I did. I did all that shit. And, like, it's gnarly, bro. And I don't think I grew up in the fucking bayou. I grew up in a fucking town. And, like, I feel like city. I know fucking grow up in the bayou, people. I just dabbled. Yeah, you're talking about the people who, like, lived in the shacks, like, out... For sure. They they lived out there, bro. People that, like, you know, I know you can't understand what they're saying. And just different, dude. Just decided to say, I'm not interested. To whatever modern society has convinced other people to be part of. Yeah. You speak Creole? No, I don't fucking barely speak English. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it uh growing up there was interesting um and not just that but growing up there in the time i did was interesting like i got exposed to enough of like the weird racist shit of being in the south um man like almost unconscious racist shit yeah do you know like like they're not aware that what they're doing sucks Dude, whenever I worked in a call center, I was speaking to this really old lady, probably in her 80s. Yeah. She's spell- she's spelling something out to me phonetically, and she's like, in like Negro. <laughs> and then she just continues to go on. And I'm just like, well. I don't think Negro is the the, al- the, the term we use in the military. <laughs> it's not the phonetic. <laughs> yeah, November, Nancy. Um, there's a million f- other phonetics that we could have used. Clearly, my <laughs> <laughs> she she obviously felt comfortable. Um, yeah. Maybe that just says that uh, my voice just doesn't sound ethnic. Well, the, no, but and, either and way. Here, and here's another question for you on the follow-up of that. Was her intent to be insulting, or was she not. ignorant? Just ignorance. It's just it's just a lady who grew up in a time. That's right. And that was an acceptant thing. I'm not saying it's currently acceptable, but also... We damn well know she's not allowed to make decisions anymore. Right. right? Well, yeah. We know yeah. that, that they're past a point of, of really usefulness at some age. 
Well, the scary thing is we do have people of that age still making decisions. Which is what I don't understand why we do that. <laughs> we know that she's that way. And it's a bit forgivable. Mm-hmm. And it's like, fuck it, man. Like, it's too long into it. Like, yeah. also, she went through some shit. Yeah. Let's think about what that lifestyle is from start to finish. Someone who's 80 in 2000. You're born in the fucking 1920s. Let's just talk about that lifestyle change of what you've grown up around. Like, fuck, man, they're doing fine. Dude. They also shouldn't be allowed to run the fucking show anymore. Right. Yeah, I don't fault her for that. But that's a that's a prime example of what you're talking about, right? Right. Just people And that's and, and there was a lot of that in the South. Even like you know, uh the town I grew up in, Sulphur, is a little weird. Like it's a small southern town, but super blue collar due to like refineries. And so it's like twenty five thousand people. All feeds a single high school, so we have a big five A high school. Okay. Like, fucking good sports teams. And for a small southern town, we're also like 3% black. Whereas most towns across the south end up way higher percentage. Way higher. Right? Yeah. Um, so in Sulphur, like I remember the couple guys I played ball with uh, that were black. Um, like I remember if we would throw something like a party, like I remember feeling the need to be like, hey, it's cool if Sanders comes over, right? Hmm. I've never seen my parents be rude to anyone, especially for that reason. But I also knew, based in the culture I was in, that that wasn't a surprise that we just needed to have. Right. was a black person at our house. And, like, I don't remember thinking anything of asking that as a kid. Like, I don't have an awareness of really what that means in any sense, but, like, now looking at it, like, I don't think my parents were racist cunts. But I think that's the culture they grew up in, and they never thought of twice about it. It was never something that took an awareness of being like, no, that's a fucking weird thing we do. (laughs) Yeah. I don't think, I think a lot of people spend most of their lives just living a certain way, whatever that way is, and never really step back and just ask, why do I think the way I think or do the things that I do? There's a lot that comes, like, installed. Yeah. Right? And and I think with with my use of, of psychedelics, mushrooms especially, has been able to allow me to step away from that thing. Right. And look at it objectively. And start looking at, like, what are all the rules or, like, basically, like, looking at the code. Like, right. what's the base code of my machine and who installed it? Is it Christianity? Is it any of these other things? You know, whether whether we could look at that as the sexuality part, what comes with childhood trauma. There's any number of things equal this code that's now been installed. And psychedelics have allowed me to look at it and realize that code isn't permanent or me. Right. But if I want it to be something different, the only way to do it is through action. I have to be that thing so it reteaches the machine that that's what it is. Instead of the other. Yeah. Like, even with the Christianity piece, like, growing up with that, 
that piece of code needed to be removed. And so what allowed me to do that was start exploring everything else. Not in just this fuck this thing, but I remember feeling like this is weird, right? Like the the stories here. Yeah. Like there's a lot a lot of stuff for me that just doesn't fucking add up. And the whole idea of it just like, well, that's faith. <laughs> Didn't work for me. Mm-hmm. And so I enjoyed starting to look at other things. Yeah. And I think taking a step back to look at that code and like what your parents installed and what where you grew up installed and like what the time you were born in installed and have less judgment for it and less willingness to want to hold on to it for some reason yeah like some of it serves you sick the shit that doesn't gut it put in the new stuff fucking upgrade the software and move fucking on yeah dude I mean times are always changing Times are changing. We man. often try to put today's understanding on a, on a yesteryear. That's a really weird thing. It really is. It really is, dude. I um, so I, I, as I'm listening, you know, as you're explaining kind of what it's like growing up in the South for you and uh, in those experiences. Yeah, I mean, I think that's um, that's definitely just the time, right? I mean, I grew up in a place. It's like 60 miles south of here mm-hmm. in a small town, a couple thousand people. I think it's mostly well known for like having a maximum security prison. Okay. Yeah. And um, yeah, man, growing up, I think I was maybe one of 10 black people like in my grade and right. like six of them were my cousins. <sighs> and we're all related. We're all related. And, uh, dude, I can remember as a kid, dude, there was this guy, he was in the KKK, he would drive through the town with, like, a truck, and, uh, sometimes he'd have, like, a coffin in the back of there, saying, like, niggers should be in here and and not veterans. Sometimes he'd have, um, like a, like a dummy on a, on a noose hanging back there, and, uh, it's just, it's the shit that you see, man, at the time, just this is the shit that people do. Dude. And it's not that, right or I'm not putting right like, or wrong on it. Right. That right there is something that's really valuable to like look at and be able to say like, look at what fucking actual progress we have made. Right. Yeah. You know, we're not there, but we're so stressed about getting to there, but there doesn't exist. Like, there's no point that we go, we're a perfect society and we don't have any problems anymore. That's, that's not how it goes. No, dude. It's just more bullshit to figure out, just like anything else. Yeah. Well, humans are tribal. But if we look backward, and we are making progress on a lot of fronts. There's some we're not, but also sometimes in my training, I've made progress in one ways and not in others. Fucking how it goes. We're still just figuring out a lot of moving parts out. Having some grace for that instead of that judgment of, like, you're purposely fucking it up. I don't know. We're in a weird spot that I think doesn't allow a lot of progress. Because we don't allow enough someone to say, like, sorry, we fucked that up. Let's try something else. That once people have committed to a thing, we're like, you said we do this. And instead of ever just being like, so we looked at it can't it's fucked here's why i'll let scientist mcgee explain it 
But instead, instead of being a society that does that, we've gotten to a point now where I can't trust anything you fucking say. Because I know you lie to me. And you lie to me if there's no other nefarious thing. It's because you think I'm stupid. At the very least. At the very least. You lie to me because you think I'm too stupid to handle the truth. And I'll act irrationally because of it. Which we've proven. <laughs> so, they're not fucking wrong. Not entirely. They're not fucking wrong. We've taught them that. That's our fault. So Humans are cool on the individual. As a collective, <sighs> we're very predictable and very uncool. <laughs> to put it simple. Yeah. Shit, dude, look what happens on Black Fridays, dude. People... We'll fuck each other up over electronics or toys. They're too caught in the game. They're too caught in the actual game and not the seeing what they're doing. Yeah. Like, yo, what the fuck are we doing? It's a weird, weird time. I think even online, man, like, it's always just felt weird kind of participating in it. Does Yeah, so that's I'm glad you brought that up because you're a guy you've, you've amassed a following. Sure. Um, it's it's a huge probably uh, driver for like what helps grow your success and fuel the things that you're doing. But as a guy who's at least for me, like I've I've always been just like you just work in the quiet and you just do the work and you don't really tell people about it. Which I'm sure, as an athlete, you know that right? Sure. You know that life. Is it weird sharing all the like the quiet work? And you don't share um, all the quiet work, but we like, share really very little of it. Right. Right. But does it feel weird? It's like, hey, let me stop and, and so I, share my training ride with you. See, people. I don't, I don't, I share that stuff, right? But like, that's more, I'm so used to the vlogging thing that, mm. you know, the gift that I can just shoot it and it goes straight to where I want it to go with a single click and I'm still mad that that takes too long. Like, y'all, you know, I used to have to shoot that, come back here, take that card <laughs> and put it in the fucking computer, edit it down to a clip that size. Upload it. Well, I'm sorry. Reformat it to now it can go to my fucking phone. So it fits, yeah. <laughs> no, it's a fucking gift. If that's what people want, and like, I think that's what I want to show, is I want to show you can do it, but you have to fucking do it. And there isn't anyone who's going to convince you otherwise, man. Like, if you don't think your life is important, and you don't have dreams to chase that you want to be 100% involved in, they're not going to fucking happen. You have to believe before anybody else will. Yo, you're not accidentally going to fucking fall into anything. You'll just get spit out the other fucking side. The machine just moves. And so unless you're fucking active in this pursuit and not just spending all your time reacting to bullshit in your life, like you have to be on the forefront of that so that you can start making the positive steps forward. Otherwise, you're just dealing with what's right in front of you all day long, and there isn't any progress. It's just this trap that routine becomes. And, like, man, I think wholeheartedly that, like, the pursuit of happiness, right? Like, that life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Whether or not it's genius or not, I like that it's pursuit of happiness and not just happiness. There's no guarantees. <laughs> well, not even that there's no guarantees. It also means you don't have it, which is a really weird one to think about if that was an intention. But it also shows that it's the, pers- like, 
It's the pursuit of it. That's what you have the freedom to fucking do in this country, is pursue the fucking thing that makes you happy. So why aren't you? And more importantly, why don't you know what makes you happy? And I run into a lot of people that don't even know that. Is that the kind of things you're, you're discussing in 1612 yeah, with that, your group? that's been a big part of what, what I want to help people determine. Like, man, and then how to measure what those parts are, right? Like how to find, like how to point your energy at enthusiasm. You know, the things that you actually like doing. And then how do we figure out the other side of monetization if it ever comes to that? But first, like, man, unless we can get you happy in the pursuit of whatever it is you're doing and loving the process and loving the growth and loving the problem solving of being this thing, and, and wanting to be better in all ways. Like, it's constant problem solving to do that. Like, unless you love that, there's never going to be this their point that you're going to be happy at with any amount of money. Yeah. No so if we can fix this part, you're free to fucking do anything. And you'll always be happy. You, you can always be in the pursuit. You can always be making the most of the time you have. Right? Like, if it's... If I'm very aware that my perspective is indeed my reality, right? Like it is my perspective of the room I'm in from where I'm sitting. I'm doing any of these type of things, how I think about a thing as an aggression or as a not does in fact influence my reality. Make sense? Yeah. So the better I can control my perception of things, I control my reality. I can control what offends me. Or if I choose to be offended. Or if I choose to worry about what... Why someone did us something. Or why I didn't get a call. Or why I wasn't invited. Wasn't I good enough? When's it my turn? Just do your thing. Like, man, if your thing is relying on someone else's thing to be successful... Short term. If things got to be able to move on its own. You know, man, that was, yeah, I, I've thought about that a lot just with um, groups of friends I have and like moving and being closer to people and any of those things. Because, man, having, having some rad friends, they've, they've got gravity. And like, I'm, it's fun being there. It's fun being around. But I also have a real concern that. I then could very easily fall into being a character in someone else's universe. And I don't want to be. Trying to build your own universe. Right. Yeah. And I'll take whatever my universe is because it's mine. But whatever space is my universe. And if currently that is here in the gym, a couple of vehicles I drive, what I do with my time. Yeah. And my home then I want to give a shit about all the parts that I'm in control of. I want it to look the way that makes me the happiest. I want it to feel the way I want it to feel. Like, I want to create, like, the clothes I wear or shit I make. Like, I want as much of it that I can make Matt Vincent as possible. Right. You know, I'm, don't, I'm, I'm not the guy who's going to have a piece of art on the wall that I don't have a thing to tell you about. Of why it made me feel a way. Or why it's on brand, more importantly. 
and yeah. on brand for like me and what's on brand, right? Are the things I love and what gives me confidence. Like, cause I know that's what I'm into. I don't have to question when I know something that pops up and I'm like, I don't know if I'm into that. I'm like, no, I know I'm not. And then <laughs> you're cool. honest yeah. about it. Yeah. I'm not into it, man. That's cool. Yeah. You don't need to waste any energy on it. <laughs> it won't work out. I'm too fucking smart at this point to know that anything I give about 10% energy doesn't do shit. Right. So stop giving it. All or fucking nothing. It's the only way it works. And that's not, especially someone building right now and like growing business, like that's not a work 24 hours a day and fucking die thing. It's, there's only so much that can be done every day to move the needle. Spend all your energy on things that move the needle. And think about, like, what those things are, right? Like the big needle movers for your business. Spend all your energy on those fewer tasks. And less on the bullshit. Less on the stuff that you're saying, look how much I'm hustling. Because the needle movers are the big part. Because otherwise you can get lost in that look how busy I am I'm fucking working all the time I'm spending 20 hours a day I'm tired I'm busy and the pride that comes from being able to say that to people because you're doing your thing like yo man I'm fucking busy I don't have time to fuck off with you like when the truth is the life you want to build is when you can fuck off whenever you want to yeah and part of that truth is you kind of can like if you wanted to carve out an hour or two to go do something you want to do you mm. can yeah right and so but man you can play yourself into it Dude, busy is a badge for a lot of people. Fuck yeah. Oh, yeah, going on. I'm just so busy, yeah. man. Just so much going on. Oh, yeah, really? <laughs> yeah, and, like, I can get caught in it. Yeah. Because, like, working for myself wasn't an excuse to fuck off. Like, I like, I like working. Like, I like solving problems and figuring shit out and having to come up with a creative solution. But I don't want a job. Yeah. Yeah. You strike me as a guy who has a hard time sitting still. <sighs> Dude, the ADD's terrible. The ADD's terrible. Which is why, like, I, which is why smoking's been very valuable for me. Uh, it seems to just slow things down a bit. Enough for me to okay with a little bit of boredom. Yeah. Um, I've gotten better at it over the years. No, man, I don't fucking know that I have. Dude, I don't go, know that that's true at all. You go hard, bro. You travel often. You know, so You're milking every bit of human experience, from what I can tell from the outside. I'm very, very honored to, I'm very honored to hear that. Like, I, I, I truly am. Um, look, look at fucking imposter syndrome with everything, right? And, like, so that's who I want to be. Like, I want to be someone that is trying to milk everything I can from this thing with travel and experience and going to places and all of that. Um, like, recently I started thinking about it, like, yeah, I'm, I'm not turned on by the Donald Trumps or the big giant business guys. Like, that, that thing isn't it for me. Like, building some giant corporation type thing. Um... Yeah, I'm turned on by adventurers. Like people that are out doing a thing, trying stuff, and like 
making memories. Because, like, that's it. Like, that's the only part of me that's me. Are the memory parts. Like, the ones I chose to make. The, the big things I remember. Like, those are the, the parts that slow time down. I want as much of that as possible. Like, fucking having to pedal for two and a half hours a day. I'm aware every day. You know, I didn't just coast through today and be like, fuck it, 6 p.m. Yeah, I've heard you say, you know, having less or having more weeks that don't blend in. That's it. That's it, right? Because if I'm present and I can think about my life, like it looks like snapshots. It looks like pictures of it, right? Like like these moments. But where they blend is when I'm in routine. When the autopilot set in, when I'm doing the same shit every day, when I don't have a purpose, when I don't have a thing I'm going after, like something I'm trying to make progress on, something I'm, a puzzle I'm not I'm trying to figure out. Um, and then when I get to combine a couple of those things, like it's the best. When I get to combine that problem solving and figuring things out with the physical aspect of trying to do a thing that I can find progress on. You know, I'm purposely picking sports I shouldn't be fucking good at. I'm too fucking big to be good at endurance, right? So that means, like, I don't have to already start off doing 100-mile things. It's like 40 is sick, and I'm super proud of it. Dude, that's a hell, dude, that's a hell of a ride, dude. 40, 50 miles? Yeah, so I did, I did 60 on Saturday, and, uh, yeah, I'm riding about 200 miles a week right now. Have you zonked out where, like, your legs just don't work afterwards? Um, I haven't got there. Which is interesting. It's a hell of a feeling. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've, I've been there in the past, um, but I haven't got there during this training. And I'm interested in that, too, because, like, uh, when I did the 60 the other day, uh, I definitely felt that that was kind of a RPE 6-7. Okay. Of, like, where I'm currently at. And if I've got 240 to do, like, eh, it's a little higher <laughs> than I'd like it to be. But also... Not purposely, but just because my lifestyle is already this. Like, I'm doing all of it fasted. Like, I still haven't eaten today. And I did a two and a half hour bike ride. Like, I spent two and a half hours with my heart rate above 150. Nice. And so, you know, managing that. So I know in the next couple weeks, as as I start increasing a little bit, one of those things I want to play with is like, all right, we're going to add oatmeal to my morning because I know that that's worked whenever I run and like what a new tool it'll feel like because I have the data of what not fueling feels like yeah you feel a lot better oh yeah <laughs> like recently the big thing I've been adding in is more is, is intentional hydration so like everything I'm drinking has got something in it like I, on it's uh, hydrotech is what I use the most okay uh, it's great tastes like fucking limes or whatever it is it's not bad on it i don't like too sweet of shit like when i'm doing sports stuff yeah and so something like that i just two bottles and oh nice chug away and especially as it's not as butthole hot here <laughs> as it was a month ago the, the the more the rides in the morning have been cool and so yeah i'm excited about over the course of this like learning all the things that come from doing a big bike ride like this because I don't know what it's like. Yeah, you're 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 planning to, you and Kelly are gonna 
bike so, across yeah, the state. Yeah, so we're right? gonna so we're gonna ride the whole Katy Trail. It's gonna be gnarly. In a day. Yeah. Uh, awesome. And Kelly can't do it. Oh, really? No. So again, right? Like, so this is part of production with uh, the video content that we want to share is like what it's like making stuff. Things change. Dude, Kelly's been involved in this for three months. Like, not even that. Like, fucking longer, right? Like, we've we've built one sheets and things to present to companies to get sponsorship already to have meetings about it. Like, I'm I'm doing things on my end. Kelly's just involved with being part of the big ride and training. And, like, he reached out a couple of weeks ago, and he's like, I just, I just, I can't open my schedule enough to train for it. And if I can't train for it, I'm not valuable to this. And so he had to withdraw. And, like, well, Kelly's been a fucking best friend of mine and an adventure buddy since 2014. And so, like, I don't, I'm bummed because I don't get to share this experience with my friend. But I'm not mad at him for having to bail once the thing was kind of in, in the works. Because I've had shit. That's how it goes. Yeah. This is now doing the fucking Indian thing. Like what I learned from that. I ne- Like having to get four guests to do that each time we did it. I never had the bookings of the trip. The same people that had agreed to do it when we started the getting planned going. Yeah, It's so hard to schedule people. Oh my God. It's a nightmare. And so <laughs> that many schedules. And so like no sweat. Like like he said he can't do it and I was like, No worries, man. Brain immediately was like, All right, we have a new problem to solve. That's as simple as I need to look at it. Don't get shitty and waste a bunch of energy on this or what does this say about us or meh meh meh. Fuck all that. New problem to solve. Right. You're focused on solutions. That's it. That's it. Yo, I want to focus on continuing that way, not yelling about a thing that's already fucking happened. Yeah. I'm not mad at him. We'll do more adventures. Yeah, dude. It wasn't, he didn't have any malicious intent in that. And, like, that's the other rule. Like, like, because I don't fucking deal with shitty people, I know none of the people I deal with would ever do something with malicious intent to me. And so that never has to, so I don't ever have to be defensive around the people I choose to fuck with. Right. I'm never offended by any of the actions they take. Because if it isn't malicious, then it's forgivable. Yeah. That's his... It can be a bummer. Yeah. You can't take it personal. Nope. It's a waste of energy. Take that energy, put it back on running my shit. (laughs) Just keep doing you. I'll do me. Dude. Matt, we've been going for two hours. Dude, a pleasure. Dude, thank you so much for taking the time. Dude, I love hanging out. Dude, I love it as well. Um, so real quick, let's just tell the people uh, where can they check you out. Um, yeah. Things um, you've got going on. The apparel brand is uh, Hate Brand Goods, so at thehate.com. Um, you can check me out at I Hate Matt Vincent on Instagram. I think I'm going to change it. I think I just want to try to get it to as close to Matt Vincent as I possibly can. Um. I'm over-explaining those letters. Uh, <laughs> fuck. Done remarkably good for a thing people pr- can't fucking pronounce. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You're kicking ass, dude. Yeah, so uh, podcast is not dead yet. Um, I have a mentorship group. I've been working with people about finding their purpose and making the most of the life that's in front of them and letting go of all those anchors and bullshit from behind you that aren't helping you go the direction you want to go. So... That's uh, the 1612, about making the most of the rest of your life. Uh, We're at the1612.com. You can check that out. And um, 
Habit Coffee Company. And then the new YouTube stuff will be on uh, the channel. Not dead yet for our Matthew Vincent's channel. That's awesome. That's what it is. YouTube Matthew Vincent. Matthew Vincent. Matthew Vincent. Yeah. They can check out the Indian Motors. Yeah. On uh, Indian Motorcycles. Yeah. We yeah. did Epic Pursuits. Epic Pursuits. It was, was really fun, man. And that was produced just basically me, Brant, another buddy of mine who uh, hired to run second camera, and then uh, Sean, guy from India. No. Oh, like that's it's four of us. It's very well done, too. <sighs> So, what was an experience? I bet, dude. I bet. So, all right. Thanks again, brother. Pleasure, I, man. I appreciate you. Bye, everybody. Hey, guys. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. I know I did. As always, if you're getting value, just do me a favor. Tell a friend. Bring us a new friend for the next episode. I will be eternally grateful if you do. That's all I have, though. Just keep being rad humans. We'll be back very soon with another conversation. I'll catch you next time. Love you. Bye. Mwah.